411 Live. Where you can learn about issues that affect us every day. State of World 411 Live. Real people, real talk. Made to help people in our community in every way. For your The killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis by a police officer has changed or intensified the way a lot of us think about justice, fairness, and equality. And for many, emotions have ranged from very, very angry to a determination to make things better. Hello, I'm Beverly Taylor, and this is the 411 Live, Real People, Real Talk. I have five guests today, very young men who are in that Gen Z age range from 22 to 26, they will take us through their journey as they maneuvered based on what they've seen and the experiences they've had in this time of protest and coronavirus. Let me introduce you to them. Carl Greer, 25. He will soon be attending UW-Madison pursuing a PhD in education policy, currently living in Michigan. Elijah Juan Cawthon, 23 a teacher. He went to school at Shorewood High School. Dewan Cherry, 24. He is the founder of Melina Link. It's a social media agency. He lives in Milwaukee. Monty Berry, 22, works for Pro Squared, a nonprofit in Atlanta. And he formerly lived in Milwaukee. Alan Estrada, 26, and lives in Milwaukee now. So everybody has ties and before we started on our Zoom, you guys were chatting. Do you all know each other? Um, yeah. No, I don't know any of the people in this video, I don't think. Okay. <laughs> Possibly, but otherwise, no, I don't know any of them. Very. Okay. <laughs> so some of the others, have you guys grown up or interacted? How do you know each other? Uh, we... Um all know each other outside of Alan, unfortunately, but we know Alan now, so you can join our friend group, Alan. <laughs> but um, myself, Carl, and Dewan, we actually all went to uh, high school together at Milwaukee Lutheran, and then um, Elijah Juan, uh, we, I guess, ran track with us all together for Milwaukee Mustangs, so we all kind of knew each other through kind of that high school track kind of area there. Okay, very good, very good. So I'm really, really excited that you guys are all here, and I'm really interested in our conversation. We have a lot to talk about. Before we get into all of this, let me just refresh people's memory, and I really probably don't need to do this, but just in case, I want to talk about George Floyd. Now, he was killed on uh, May 25th after a Minneapolis police officer drove his knee in this man's neck. And this occurred for eight minutes, 46 seconds. George Floyd was handcuffed, hands behind his back. He was in a prone position on the ground, and he was gasping for air, saying, I can't breathe. I don't know if there are many people in this country who have not seen that video, and of course, around the world as well. So... To start off, I just want to get your reaction to seeing that that video. Let's start with uh, Dewan. Yeah, yeah. I uh, 
honestly, it's really, I'm really speechless um, that uh, us as a community, um, we're supposed to rely on, obviously, uh, we have this expectation for the police, uh, have one goal, and that's to protect and serve their community. And the fact that something like this could happen, I think it's it's just really, it's beyond, it's beyond like us as a human culture, like how can we actually allow something like this to happen? And I think it starts to speak volumes to our community um, in terms of like how the police actually treat African-Americans and how so many people just deny it time after time after time again. And I think that's what happens when you have things like this to occur. And then obviously from protesting and then things looting, this is now, I was having, it's funny, I was having a conversation uh, with my friend Robert uh, a couple of weeks ago, and um, he was pretty much brutally honest about it. He was like, you know, like I, you know, I have police in my family, and and obviously he was very um, uh, upset about the situation, but, you know, from the protesting and things like that, um, like why? And I said, this is what happens when you have just anger and frustration of things that are supposed to change for so long. Um, you have so many people frustrated and you have so many, I would say, pent up frustration, pent up anger, and this is what happens. And so it's it's just so insane how this one situation that goes down, just uh, it releases a bunch of anger, a bunch of right. like, just, uh, like, like just emotions as a whole. And, but this is what happens. And, and honestly, there needs to be a lot of change. And it just, it just, a lot of things need to happen and and this is exactly what happens when you have situations like this unfortunately but uh, yeah on what you said you gave a good summary of a lot of the things that we are going to be talking about you know yeah. with the the impact and things like that um let me go to monty uh what was your reaction oh uh, yeah honestly my reaction was kind of the opposite of uh Duan's. i just was kind of like here we go again i mean this is nothing new we've We've been seeing these police brutality murders, you know, on camera mm-hmm. for the last, you know, four or five years. Um, and so I was pleasantly surprised and happy at the reaction that came after it being a lot different than what it had been before. But uh, in the moment on impact, seeing the video right away, it, it's almost like I'm immune to it. Like we're used to it at this point. And I was honestly just like, here we go again. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've seen this over and over again. You're right about that. Alan, how about you? Um, I would say anger and sadness, uh, mainly anger because like, I don't really care what race you are. I don't think you deserve to die in that way and on camera for your family to see and everybody that you're close with to see that just, that's ridiculous to me. Um, and then just sadness, just, I just don't get why he had to lose his life, you know? Yeah. And it's just sadness when I just look at all these different killings happening from police brutality and it just it kind of makes you kind of sick in the stomach mm-hmm. so yeah i i totally under, I understand that and i'm sure a lot of people share those feelings that you're mentioning carl how about you um when i first heard the news about it it was just devastating to hear and see that video and just to as monty touched on continuously just seeing Black bodies not being valued in our country, seeing people justify his death was heartbreaking. And it just keeps happening on and on again. So very uh, troubling for me. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Elijah Wan. 
I'm gonna be honest. I um I didn't watch I didn't watch the full video. Mm-hmm. I I didn't really get to make it through it. Um, but I I read the transcript of what he was saying, and I think that um that was rough. My reaction to that was like, because you didn't hear it, but you read it. You see what I'm saying? And yes. You're, and you're reading this man like plead for his life, and um. It was really unfortunate, and you know, I'm not really surprised about the reaction of like what everybody, how everybody's react reacting. Um, like I said, it's like Mont was touching on; it's very different than what we've done in the past. Um, and I think that um, this is going to be this is going to be the year that uh, change will come. Absolutely. Okay, so that kind of goes to that next question that I had because. You know, Michael Brown. Well, I mean, I can just name off Eric Garner. We can name off these different names of these people um, who have died at the hands of police officers. There were protests. People, you know, people marched in a lot of the cases. But this feels different. And you, you, some of you have already touched on that. Why is this different? I will say from a multicultural standpoint, um, you know, seeing how, you know, just, I guess, this really touch on my background, just to give you further more ex- ex- explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in an inner city. So, you know, me uh, and the situation that I've been through, um, you know, I, I feel like I can't explain that, you know, to my friends who are, you know, white and things like that. And so, to be in a situation uh, where something like this does occur and having um, my friends who are white, who are from New Berlin and Mequon and things like that, uh, just reach out and say like, hey, I don't understand. Um, I don't I don't know exactly what it feels like to walk in your shoes, but all I can do is just like use my voice and say like, no, we can't let this happen. So I think from uh, a, a, like a multicultural standpoint, you have so many people of different races actually wanting to change they may not understand exactly how it feels to be african-american to walk in your shoes to experience what you experience but the fact that they are at least saying hey i don't understand but i just want to say like i'm with you and i just want to change this like there it clearly is a problem we see situations like this happen over and over again and like i just want to stand with you and i just want to help support the cause so i think just from a it's good to see like uh, different from uh, it's good to see people from different cultures and big, different backgrounds trying to come together and may not fully understand uh, what it feels like to walk in your shoes, but saying, but just having that confidence of saying, okay, I want to stop this. I want to be a part of that change. I, I like want to use whatever privilege or whatever power that I possibly can, whatever resource I possibly can to help uh, uh, and better this situation, actually change the situation so that it won't happen again. Yeah. Anybody else? I'll go. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think what really makes this moment so, so special is just where we're at in the country as a whole with COVID going on, um, this recession going on, unemployment being so high. And this is really one of the main things that people can really focus in on because there's not a lot of things that people can be doing or should be doing. But it's just a national spotlight was placed over that the George Floyd murder and people, a lot of people were seeing things for what they really were for the first time. And there's not a lot of spaces for people to run away 
to, to avoid seeing these things and having these difficult conversations because a lot of people are in the house. Um, there aren't sports going on. Um, you're really not supposed to be out in public like that. So it's either you're going to focus on this or you don't really have that much to talk about in terms of what's going on around the nation. So I think that's really what's uh, triggered a lot of folks into being so passionate about this moment. That was that's my theory, because we're in a spot where people aren't going different places. And like you said, no sports there. A lot of the distractions are not there. And this happens and you look, you know, everybody's on their phone looking at social media and it's posted everywhere. It's all in our faces. And I think that is one of the reasons that this happened. My other theory, and correct me and agree with me or disagree with me, let me know. The other thing I'm thinking is, you know, so we have, we have these other incidents. They happened. We had some protests. But I think it was kind of like for, for a white person, they are always thinking of that police officer as, you know, maybe Mr. Friendly and the protector at all times, you know, all of them. And we, we're saying this, this happened, and they're like, well, maybe, but we didn't see all of the video, or there may be other explanations, or, you know, those kind of things. And it seems like with this video, for eight minutes and 46 seconds, this man is doing nothing. He's not threatening nothing, and people can see that. And I just think maybe that resonated with folks and it was like, maybe we should take another look at this or maybe some of this is really true. What do you think? Um, I, that, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Go. Okay. Um, I agree with that to an extent because the video was so long and like how you guys said about the COVID stuff, everybody's in the house, they're watching it. This is also as as the white guy in the group, that also what you were just talking about with the police, I totally agree with that because there are a lot of white people in the community who think like everything that the police do is justified. And that's an issue. I feel like we need to talk about that a lot more, a lot more mm -hmm. because I've definitely experienced even just getting pulled over, for example, with my friends, with my black friends in the car, there's a different demeanor. There's a different demeanor even in the suburbs around Milwaukee. There's a different demeanor. And I've seen that. But if I'm in a car with only white people, I don't know if I see that. And so I think people really got to start opening their eyes to this kind of stuff. Because otherwise, you're just going to be ignorant to everything. And you're just going to think, oh, well, the police was justified for doing that. He was resisting or whatever the case may be. Right. Right. And somebody was talking about having these, these conversations with some of your white colleagues or white friends or, uh, Alan, I'm sure you're having conversations with your black friends. Uh, I know you're friends with Dwayne, who is in the studio right now. Uh, those conversations, have they changed a lot? Are people asking, feeling more comfortable asking questions? 
I think they have to an extent. For instance, some of my family that I don't think would normally, I don't, I don't want to say ask questions. They wouldn't normally speak up on some of this stuff. And I feel like they are. And I feel like that, that's a good thing, you know? But um, I feel like normally they wouldn't. So it's kind of strange for them to do it now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think um, as far as coworkers, yeah, a lot of coworkers have been bringing it up lately. Um, just about the protesting and everything like that. So I think it's kind of crazy because some of the other protests weren't really covered in this way, I guess you could say. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely have noticed a lot more conversation around this. Yeah, it's almost like people are uh, just bouncing off of uh, what you said, too. Um, coming off of that week where it happened, I would say a majority yeah, I'll say majority of the meetings I was going into um, interjected into that uh, conversation as well. And it's uh, just interesting because, you know, in business, sometimes you you, you either ask, you know, how are your week and uh, did this and X and X, but it's like I, I couldn't because I was blocked by a protest or I couldn't do this because of COVID or just whatever. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I would say uh, even now I was just from the situation to now I would say a majority of the conversation has just been oh what do you think um uh how you feel about it and things like that and you know it's almost like you it's weird because in business you don't want to go into that realm you know you don't want to talk about certain issues like that you want to get to the topic at hand and then kind of move on with their day but I feel like yeah it it forces people to make to have a conversation right absolutely yeah You know, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about um, the Gen Z generation because you guys have a reputation and, you know, you're shattering some of the things that people are saying. So we're going to talk more about that when we come back. Stay with us. America, land of the free. It's at the core of who we are. Freedom. The freedom to live without fear. To drive through all 50 states. To sleep safely in our own beds. The freedom to jog where we please. To watch birds in the park. To wear a hoodie. The freedom to breathe. Before we celebrate the freedom most Americans have, we must fight for the freedom all Americans deserve. Because no matter your religion, gender, disability, age, race, all lives can't matter until black lives matter. You could be spreading the coronavirus without realizing you have it. So follow guidance from authorities where you live and do your part. It's important to limit in-person interaction with anyone outside of your immediate household, but phone and video chat are safe ways to connect. It's also important to limit any social gathering. This advice applies to people of any age, including teens and younger adults. Visit coronavirus.gov for the latest information. And welcome back to the 411 Live. Real people, real talk. I'm honored to have five guests with me. And we want, we, I, I, when I previewed it, I said we would talk about Gen Z's. Because you guys have a reputation of being kind of unreliable, not really committed, um, 
short attention span, blah, blah, blah. But when I look at the protests, I see a lot of Gen Zs. And Gen Zs have found a cause, I think. What do you guys think? Um, (laughs) I think... um... I think you're seeing a lot of you're seeing a lot of people our age um, out there protesting right now um, because of um, you know the it's just it's it's a stacking effect this just keeps happening keeps happening keeps happening we were in high school when we saw Trayvon Martin what when we saw what happened to Trayvon Martin mm-hmm. and, you know and everything from Trayvon Martin to now we've just been growing up seeing especially with social media. Um, being a thing we're growing up with social media that's all we're looking at or that's all um that's what we're seeing and we're watching it happen over and over and over again and you know everybody has a boil. everything has a boiling point everything has a melting point so when we reach that this you know this is what you get you get you get a lot of young people out there protesting you get um a lot of angry people out there doing um doing the rioting and doing the looting this is um this is just a snowball of of everything. So I'm not surprised to see a lot of people our age because we've been seeing it for a very long time. Yeah, you're right. Because, you know, as I think it, you know, I'm like a few generations removed from you now. Uh, But back in the day, you know, I I wasn't involved in the civil rights. I wasn't old enough for that, but I was close enough to it to know about it, know the effects. You know, my parents had been involved. I've had relatives who were in, involved. Um, and then I got older, my 20s, 30s, and you see the young people and you think, well, see, they just don't know their history. They don't know where we came from, blah, blah, blah. But you're right. With your generation, your history is a lot of this stuff. And you're saying, Trayvon Martin, you were in high school. Wow. So you have seen a lot of these different incidents occur during your lifetime. So media, media, um, media, too. You know, we see it on the news all the time. And then you got social media and us growing up with social media where especially when it's on the rise, of Mm -hmm. course, like we're, we're in it. So you see the videos on Facebook. You see the videos on Instagram, Twitter, and that's um, to piggyback of what Mont said in the preview. Um, you know, people become numb to it, which is, you know, it's not how it's supposed to be. Uh, people, um, people are just like, here, here we go again, you know, and it, right. and that's sad because we're so it's it's in our history. We see it all the time. Yeah, and when I say I see a lot of Gen Zs, I see black, white, all ethnic groups uh, involved in these protests. I, I kind of think that's because we, first off, I don't know if I'm Gen Z or millennial. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like in the middle. But um, anyways, uh, to piggyback off of that, I think it's because we're just more open to different things. Like us as younger people, we grew up with somebody who was gay in our classroom, or we grew up with black, white. Arabian, Hispanic, anybody in our classroom, where some of the generations before us, they didn't exactly deal with that. And they didn't, they're kind of a little bit slower to us than to be accepting of those people. 
And I feel like we're very upset at, at accepting of all the all of those different types of people. And so I feel like nowadays when you see all these white people at these protests, because that's their friends are black, their their friends are whatever, you know, they're they see these people, you know, where some generations ahead of us, they were a little more separated, segregated. Uh-huh. And so they didn't exactly like, if I'm a white guy and I only have white friends, why would I go protest for them? You know, like yeah. it's just a little bit, it's slightly different. Yeah. And so our, our younger generation, I feel like we just are a lot more equipped to be accepting over everybody. And so if we're going to protest, we're going to protest for all of our friends, not just one or two, you know? Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Um, as, um, have you guys been protesting? Has anybody gone to a protest? I have. I've yeah. been to two, uh, one in Milwaukee, one down in Atlanta. What was that experience like for you being with, in a crowd of protesters? Uh, whew, it was very different. Um, like I had before the uh, George Floyd situation, never been to a protest prior. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew that um, kind of what to expect from just kind of following, watching CNN. My dad watches the news all day, every day. So just kind of watching, I kind of knew what to expect as far as, you know, what I'd see and things like that. Uh, I kind of went into it with the mission to kind of you know, hold people accountable. I just wanted to make sure that people that were there were there for the right reasons. I know it's um, a lot of people kind of going back to our generation again, people are, some people are out there, their heart's really in it and they're genuine. And then some are doing it just because they want something to post on Facebook or Snapchat. Mm. And so when I kind of went out there, I wanted to really make sure that, you know, everybody out here is kind of doing it for the reasons that they should be doing it for, standing up for what they believe in and not doing it for likes and comments. Wow. Wow. I want to show you guys something. Uh, There was an incident here on one of the protests uh, in the Milwaukee suburb of Shorewood. And uh, there was a Stephanie Rapkin, an attorney, and she was not liking these protesters. And she had a surprising reaction. Take a look. spit on Eric Patrick Lucas III, a 17-year-old Shorewood High School student. Um, She has asked to meet with him to apologize. Not sure if that has happened. She was charged with disorderly conduct with a hate crime enhancer, and she faces up to a year in jail. Elijah Wan, you know Eric, right? Yeah, yeah, I know Eric. That's a good guy. He's a really good guy. Yeah, were you surprised by this? Um, no, no, uh, 
you know, race racism is an America problem, and mm-hmm. Shorewood is in America, so Shorewood has a race problem. And you know, you you're putting Shorewood um, in a bubble in a city that is very segregated, extremely segregated. And um, you know, in that bubble, they preach the being progressive and they preach like accepting of all. But obviously, you know, there are seeds, you mm-hmm. know, there's seeds in all these plots where you're trying to grow this positivity. And Max Maxine is unfortunately, um, unfortunately one of them. And it and it's unfortunate that um uh somebody you know it had it had to be um eric somebody i know personally but it shouldn't have been anyone it's a it's a shame that um that it occurred and to answer your question no i'm 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 not surprised uh growing up in short right. that this happened <laughs> last one more question with the protest and let me find out from you guys when you're out there you're in the midst of the crowd you know, we're, we're protesting for justice, equality, those kind of things in the midst of coronavirus. In some areas, it is the numbers are climbing uh, in Georgia, Atlanta area. The numbers are climbing. How do you guys maneuver that? Are you thinking about that? A lot of criticism has been that young people believe that they're, you know, they won't get sick. So they're taking risks. What do you guys think about that or how are you maneuvering this um in terms of the coronavirus narrative and it intersecting with protests uh from things that i've been able to see my friends i've talked to and from personal protesting moments um people that are present at the protest are taking a lot of necessary precautions and making sure that they're staying safe that they're wearing protective equipment And I think that's very reflective in the rates of coronavirus that we're seeing across the country. So we're seeing Florida, Texas, Arizona raise drastically in terms of positive tests coming back. And those places are notorious for not taking necessary steps in protecting their citizens from the coronavirus. But we're not seeing those same type of spikes from major urban areas where we saw notable protests like Chicago, Detroit at this moment, um, LA and et cetera. So I think folks are really passionate about making sure the light stays on um, fighting for like racial equity, but they're also conscious of making sure they're doing things the right way and staying safe and keeping their family and friends safe as well. Yeah. What do you guys hope comes out of all of this? That actual change. Mm-hmm. Um, like we can go down the pipeline of how many things and specific things like need to be changed, but ultimately I think we just want change. Yeah. Anybody else? Uh, I hope I hope that this doesn't um this doesn't become like a trend. Like this isn't something that like happened and then it like fades away, you know. Um, because that's what you see happen with um the past. Um a lot of the past situations um something will happen we'll protest for a little bit and then everything will be back to normal because nothing is normal right now you know um we all do have to sit down and think about it and definitely think about the future and what we can actually do to implement that change and not just you know what i mean um want change and then not take the necessary steps or 
stop taking those necessary steps because the protests are necessary steps. That's something that we needed to do. So like the next foot forward, like what's next? Like uh, strategize. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah, I hope that conversations around race are spoken on more frequently because we really can't have change until that elephant in the room is addressed. We don't really have any notable ways of how slavery and other historical traumas that, that have happened against people of color, particularly Black people in our country, we don't really address that in any large, major way. Um, this year, we've seen a really big push with Juneteenth, and I think that's a great step in the right direction, but there needs to be a lot more work. There needs to be a lot more dialogue. There needs to be a lot more advocacy for Black people and other people's colors. And that doesn't necessarily have to be protesting in the street. Advocacy could take the form of people holding people in their workplace accountable, people speaking up for other people who might not be comfortable speaking in certain environments. It doesn't necessarily have to be protesting. And I just hope that that becomes more present and commonplace because everybody deserves to have their perspective and voice heard and respected by other people. Absolutely. Alan, were you about to say something? Yeah, um, I was going to say, yeah, I think we definitely want to see change. We want to see people be like accountable for their words. Like we need to hold other people accountable. Like when I see the signs in the protests that say white violence is, I mean, white silence is white violence. I think that's what it says. Um, That's true because, man, when... If I'm a white guy and another white guy has something racist to say, I need to speak up for that. I can't just let that slide and whatever, you know, like we need to, I think people of other races need to hold themselves accountable. If somebody is saying certain racist things or making somebody feel uncomfortable, we need to speak up on that. We need to change all of that because there's been a lot of people who've been way too silent for way too long. And then it just enables the racism to just continue and continue. Yeah. Make, makes people so, think it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just exactly. want to go off of uh, what Alan said too, honestly, and I can speak as a, as a, a creator originally before I even started my company that um, if there, if obviously if, you know, if I'm not, uh, able to protest and things like that. Like, what can I do in terms of uh, use my platforms or use like whatever uh, thing that I'm good at to actually try to instill change? And going back to what Monty said, actually, originally about like just being present in those conversations mm-hmm. and like how everything is not about a like or a share or a comment is that you're doing it because it's the actual thing that you need to do. Like it's the it's the proper moral thing that you need to do. Like stick up for your your fellow human being. And I think that that, you know, a lot of people have used this as a way of, quote unquote, uh, gain clout for themselves, which is obviously just attention. Um, and and it, it, it sucks to see something like that. Like I've literally seen so many creators not create and just avoid the situation altogether. And it's just like, why? You know, like, why is a photographer you not take pictures of this? Why is a videographer you not take pictures? Of? Why is a content creator as a whole you not um, do some short short film or just, you know, whatever? But it's just, it, 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 I think that's the most upsetting is that people have actually, I've seen, you know, uh, creators be silent and not do anything. And then obviously they, going back to um, 
I think um, what Olajuwon uh, uh, said is, you know, it's something is here for, for a, a good amount of time. And the next thing you know, it's on to the next situation. Right. So it's just like, how do we avoid that? Like, we want this to uh, uh, to have a be a conversation even when the protesting is over. Like, we it's it's those small things that we need to do now in terms of having conversations with fellow friends, having conversations with uh, uh, advisors and uh, people that are in faculty in high schools and colleges and things like that, saying, okay, what can we create within our education system to like make sure that in our classrooms when they're not in class or even in class. People aren't saying racist things. People aren't saying uh, things that are, are are stereotypical and things like that. Like it starts with the small things and it builds from there. So um, yeah, I just want to kind of cover spectrum, but yeah. Yep. Yep. I got you. I got you. And as a matter of fact, you guys have lots of solutions and I want to expound on some of the things that you've already said. So we're going to go into part two, but we're going to end this segment, part one of our discussion. So I want to thank Carl, Elijah, Dewan, Monty, Alan for joining me. And you guys are going to hang with me because we're going to do a, a part two and we're going to talk about some solutions and the education and things that have come out through the protest through Juneteenth. A lot of people didn't know what Juneteenth was all about. Just kind of the things that we have been missing in our educational system that encompasses all of America. It's not just African-American history. It's American history. And some of that has been left out. So we're going to talk about all of that, too. But for this episode, I want to thank our listeners, our viewers for joining us for the 411 Live. Real people, real talk. We're a nonprofit organization. So if you feel so inclined like to sponsor some of our content, go to our website, the411live.org, and you can find out how to do that. But for now, I'm Beverly Taylor. This is the 411 Live. Real people, real talk, and I hope you join us for part two.